gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to a special breaking news instant reaction spectacular episode of the Chavs Chat Cats. Uh, my name is Jake, joined in the Zoom studio by Sambo and Johnny as we give you our instantaneous, well pretty much instantaneous, as instantaneous as our day jobs would let us, our thoughts on Jack Bowes from the Gold Coast Suns declaring his desire to be moved to Geelong. Chaps, how are we feeling about this news? Uh, feeling uh, special as the Cats fan going, oh, look at all these players wanting to come to Geelong. It's, it's a nice feeling. It gives you a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling in the guts. Yeah, oh, but also pretty unsurprised. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> wants to come to Geelong as he should. Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want to come to the Mighty Cats premiers? Got lots of young talent. You know, retirement village is right around the corner, so you know you don't have to worry when you get older. There's a nice cup there, I, be I believe, as well. <laughs> Four, I've heard. Four. Um, yeah. yeah. What? What a day. About ten. Like, it's as you said, Sambo. Not not unexpected. Um, because I put up a tweet saying it's funny we have been saying that this is how it's going to play out for like the last 18 months. There doesn't... Now, I'm not saying that Geelong's going to go, you know, it's just going to reload straight to back-to-back -to -back flags, but everyone's saying it's going to go, you know, like a bunch of lemmings off the cliff edge. Geelong are going to be fucked after this year because um, they don't have any draft picks and they don't have young players. Well, now we've got quite a bevy of young players uh, headed down to the Cattery. And, oh, fuck, we've got our highest draft pick since Joel Selwood. Um, also, but let's, I want to transition to, you know, doing our victory lap, um, our smug victory lap in, <laughs> in the last part of, of the pod. Um, let's start though with Jack Bowes, the, the, the player, the situation, I'll lay it out. I want Sam, you actually went and watched some highlights and stuff of Jack Bowes today, sort of getting your eyes familiar with him. So I want sort of your sort of scouting report on it, but just to sort of tee us up into this so gold coast were looking for uh you know jack bows wanted a new home the gold coast didn't want to pay his salary which i think is 1.6 million over the next two years um they want to clear cap space geelong have been interested for a little while this isn't you know there was i think some other clubs maybe essendon and hawthorne was it you know became interested once pick seven was involved the Cats were interested mm. before that. Gary Ablett Jr., when he came to the club, you know, had told them about this guy, really talented. So he's been on the radar. So this natural relationship began to form. I think, John, you said earlier in the week when we were talking that, you know, he, he didn't want to be the, the set of steak knives that came with the pick. He wanted to... The, the, the pick was a bonus to, to, to trading for a really good player. Bose didn't want to be, you know, the the trimming on top. The pick was the trimming on top. So Geelong immediately, having had previous interest, really fit that. So as it stands right now, the Cats are going to get Jack Bowes. They're going to take on that $1.6 million. Um, they're also getting pick number seven. We don't know what's going back the other way yet. Um, Sambo, looking at this guy, 
what does he look like to you as a player? He's played 83 games um, since 2017 for the Suns. He's 24 years old. What what are your sort of thoughts watching him run around? Um, I mean, my main thought really is trying to figure out where he where he slots in. Um, my understanding is that he, he's played off the halfback mostly uh, for Gold Coast. Um, but he was he was sort of drafted and and sort of touted as a as a as a central midfielder in his rookie days. Um, and judging from his highlights, he can play both of those spots. It looks like he spent some time up forward. There's a few pretty strong contested marks um, and some crumbed goals, which is nice. Uh, he he seems pretty big bodied. I don't know what his stats in that area in that area are. He seems pretty strong and to like there's some tackles in his highlights reel too. So you, yeah. you know he must lay a few if if they can make it into the highlights reel amongst goals. Um, probably one of the maybe most abstract, but maybe not. Maybe other people have made this connection too. He he reminds me a little bit of uh of a Cam Guthrie in his ball use, very very quick and um short kicks often but to sort of change change an angle that sort of grab it down and you know before you've even blinked he's kicked it uh he seems to have really good vision under pressure um being able to pick out players on the edge of the 50 and stuff when um went up against it so i don't know what he's you know he's he's like so much run speed and and you know what he, what his engine room's like because the because uh, of course from highlights real and it show you that kind of stuff and I haven't seen a lot of him um, in actual game time but yeah I thought his his disposal his ball used to remind me a little bit of Cam Guthrie thought there was a little bit of the Gary Rowan the way he went for contested balls um, mm-hmm. in in the for in the forward line so you know people talking about Henry being a future replacement for Rowan maybe maybe, maybe that's this fella. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, I guess his, his sort of, his burst speed looked like there could be a little bit of the danger fields in there. Um, mm. but I would, the, the, on the, on the flip side, you know, just trying to be analytical. Um, it's funny. I, you, you get used to a certain degree of polish with the way Geelong, ca- uh, Geelong carry mm. themselves and acquit themselves. Um, their, their mm. fundamentals, I think are really high. Um, I felt like there were some rough edges that I saw that can be, that I think will be, will be ironed out once he's part of the system. <laughs> yeah. Johnny. Definitely. Once they're a culture. That's right. Got to get the culture around him. Got to wrap him up in the culture. Do you think, Johnny, um, gun to your head, do you think the Cats were legitimately more interested in the player or the pick? This is the highest pick since Joel Selwood. What do you reckon? Yes, I think they were definitely more interested in the player um, than the draft pick. I think the Cats have shown uh, for many, many years since we got Joel Selwood that they don't really need the draft picks to pick to get great players. I mean, what was the last great player that came out of the draft at a high number? Um, well, obviously it was Joel Selwood, but apart from that, it's all either been rookie drafts players from local area just, you know, being signed up by the Cats and the Cats using, you know, their brains and their smarts mm. on looking at players that are good. So, yeah, I don't think that – I think the um, pick seven is just that lovely little a suite now that the Gold Coast, you know, we're needing to get his salary off the, off the books. You know, it's mm. going to be tough to say to someone, 
you can have this player, but also this massive salary that he needs that needs to go with him. So yeah, I think pick seven just a really nice bonus. And I tell you what, if Gold Coast have given him a contract worth this much, they obviously think he's a really special talent. So I think he's going to fit in really nicely with Cats. And hopefully he's super talented. I'm not sure if he's where he'll play either. Maybe in the halfback, maybe in the midfield, possibly the forward line. But at the moment, it's like, who do you, who do we drop? Uh, especially coming off the premiership, like who's going to step aside? And who knows? Mm. Who, who knows? We may have more retirements before the season starts still. But, um, yeah, it's exciting times for the Cats getting all these exciting players coming to the team, young players as well, mm. but, um, which is also really good. In, instead of getting more senior guys, it gets getting these young guys in through smart trades and, you know, being a destination club and all that wonderful, wonderful things that the Cats have been able to create since 2007. How much do you reckon they're going to use the draft pick and how much do you reckon they're going to move it on to someone else once they know that there's involved in some other tricky trade to get someone they, <laughs> they want? Yeah, that's that's what I've been thinking. It's like it would be tempting to use it because there is a young John Falcon player, um, I think Jay Clark. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, I think, pick seven. So I think the Cats are most likely wanting to use that pick on him rather than split it up so it's also going to be interesting though because i don't really see any any reason for the cats to change their approach that they've had in terms of you know um bringing in known commodities and if some of these known commodities they're getting are now young it's not like bringing in a player that you'll get two three seasons out of it's bringing a player that you might get you know (laughs) a really good run at then in in that respect is, is that not sort of killing two birds with one stone? It's doing these kind of the trades they love to do and it's getting the young players that they would otherwise get through the draft. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, do you think they're going to go really youth heavy? I guess is a roundabout sort of question I'm going here. Are they going to do these trades they're doing for a lot of young players and then also draft a heap of young players? Or do you think we're going to see some more experience come in? I think, it's, I think it, it could be a mix of both. I think it's really could be a mix of both. They could split up the draft picks, get um, better um, draft hand, get Tanner Bruin and Ollie Henry, or they could just go, well, we've got pick seven. Let's use the rest of our draft picks and maybe some future ones. Get those other two players that are wanting to come to the Cats. Or they could just go, you know what, it's going to be really difficult to get all this all this stuff sorted out in the trade time. We'll try our best, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we'll go to the draft. I think it's a real watch this spot for the cats. Well, I think, um, you know, something that's worth thinking about with Geelong is, is the ages of these players. Like, so people are saying like, oh, you know, myself included, I sort of a young superstar, um, you know, Jack Bowes. Jack Bowes is 24 years old. Like he's not, you know, he's, he's had Young five years. <laughs> yeah. De- definitely. But in, in terms of, you know, people going, the Cats have no, you know, sub-21-year-olds, you know, um, 
you know, he's played nearly a hundred games of AFL footy. Like he's been in the system since 2017. So if you think about that, you know, before players like Max Holmes was drafted, um, you know, so so this is a guy who has some some mileage in a positive way on the tires. Like he's been in the AFL. He understands the pace of the league. Um, he's ready and to I, go. And I look too at, at another player they're targeting in Connor McKenna. Uh, who's an Irishman. He's played previously for Essendon. Um, he represented um, Tyrone in the GAA football. I watched him play um, for Tyrone the year they won the All-Ireland, and he was a really creative um, player for them. And, you know, the, the the Cats have talked about the fact that, you know, they, they can bring McKenna in, who had gone back to Ireland after leaving Essendon in 2020, that, you know, you can bring him in, you know, as, as a rookie um, I, I'm trying to find what the exact term was, but but basically, you know, he can come on as a rookie list player at age 26. So they're they're bringing in, um, you know, these players who are in their mid 20s, you know, guys who have played a bit of footy, guys who have a little bit of life, you know, in them, uh, like life experience. But then you're also getting to add guys like Tanner Brune, who's 20. I, gun to my head, I think that they do take and use pick seven in the draft. If it was up to me, I probably wouldn't use, say, pick seven. I might use pick seven to get Tanner Brun. I wouldn't use it for Ollie Henry. I don't think the Cats should budge on that. There is, no. We should be not be spending anything more than that pick 18, and that's absolutely at most... But but I, I, mm. I would probably say this pick seven is either Brune or someone they really like in the draft because we so rarely get access to a player that high in the draft. You know, that, that that's a luxury yeah. that the Cats haven't had in a long time. Um, yeah, sorry, do you boys have any more sort of thoughts on, on, on the whole scenario? or No, no, no I think, I think, I think that, that about sums it up. I think it's going to be interesting how the Cats um, juggle the next two um, players that want to come to their cats. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Mackie and Stephen Wells uh, jangle or juggle this around. And I think I think knowing them too, I, they'll, I think they'll get it done. And it's just be interesting what we give away to get these players. My, my um, thoughts here, I want to take us in this direction now. So, so very exciting. We're very excited to... I think it's just a nice deal. And, you know, Cats fans are freaking out about the salary cap. And I've already seen a lot of people saying, like, everyone needs to relax because, I, you know, our, our general understanding, some of the footy heads on Twitter, and that is this can be immediately restructured. This can become a four-year, $2 million deal or something like that. You can soften that blow up by extending it. And that, I'm sure, if possible will be part of the conversation that they're having with Jack Bowes of like, yeah, if you want to come down here, that's fine. But you're coming into a culture like where Joel Selwood didn't put us over a barrel so we can stay flexible, so we can stay nimble and take this money on. Um, and that leads us into this next little phase of the conversation. And I go to a bloke on Twitter who responded um, to one of our tweets, uh, Mark Pasarkas. Pasaskis 
at Real Barry Bright said, tankers never win and winners never tank. And I think that is a very succinct way of looking at it. The, the key to consistently winning is consistently trying to win. And the level of salt, chaps, has been immense, has been oh, immense on Twitter. Like, look, oh, oh, the, the, the AFL needs to look into it. They're, how do they keep doing this? Chaps, it's very simple, isn't it? Like, we've watched this club for a long time. They're smart. Like, this is the Game of Thrones, and you look for opportunities to leverage other people when they fuck up. And teams were mismanaged and fucked up, and the Cats now are able to leverage them for talent. Yeah. It all started, I reckon, with Brian Cook, Frank Costa. They, them two definitely started Cats on this wonderful journey of being a really well-managed football club. You know, got rid of the gambling, set, you know, getting the stadium rebuilt, setting up the amazing culture that the Cats have, along, and the women's team as well. And people are jealous because their clubs aren't where the Cats are and not getting the players that the Cats are getting or having players going, I want to play with that team. It's like, well, yeah, sure, be jealous, but, you know, aim it at your own club for not being well organised or being mismanaged for so many years and not being able to be a destination club and blame your board, blame your presidents or whatever, but, you know, don't attack the cats because the cats are doing everything right. You know, you can. We'll take it. We'll take it as a compliment that the cats are still doing everything fine. It's not going to rock the ship. The ship's still going to sail on steady as she goes and continue on just continuing on yeah and it's it's sort of that just like um very simple principle really of being a place that people want to go and then working out an arrangement instead of paying people whatever they want to get them there <laughs> you know like it just it's it, that that's an unsustainable model the way that a lot of other other clubs use it um to basically bend over backwards just yeah, to, to to get the superstars, um, you know, and and we know we know to, like we talk about the culture and all that kind of stuff, but it it is a system that people want to be a part of, um, and that makes that makes negotiation very easy. And you just look at um the Giants when they signed on, I think it was Phil Davis, Toby Green, someone, and so, like three or four other players on these massive massive contracts. That were for huge amounts of money going with, you know, we'll pay this, we'll win a grand final, we'll all be good. But they didn't win a grand final, and now it's not all good, and they've got these players that are on these massive contracts, and they can't afford players that are really good, and they're leaking players profusely, like the, what, losing four to five players this year. Do you... The top eight teams. Well, exactly, Johnny. Like, and that's that, and. You know, to their credit, you can see Richmond trying to follow the model. Mm, yep. You know, just like in many ways, like I do feel like Geelong, um, you know, added a little adaption to their game by following the Richmond lead in that relentless pressure all over the ground. Yeah. Like, I think that was Absolutely. a clear thing, you know, getting done a few times in the finals by the Tigers, uh, you know, and, and then Melbourne teams that had, you know, perfected this high pressure 
sort of move it on at all costs style, which the Cats hadn't played in a while, the Cats add that string to their bow. So credit to Richmond, who you can see now playing in the same markets that Geelong are. Sambo, like, what's your feelings? If, Sorry, you just, go, John. I was just, say, just going to say, there's nothing wrong when teams or organisations take your idea and incorporate it into their, into their own because if other teams are doing it, it means it must be a fucking good way to go. Absolutely. And, and you can always sell what you have and what Geelong has is different yeah. to what, you know, Richmond has and vice versa. So, um, like, how validated are you feeling right now, Sambo, as someone who's like, you know, very strongly gone into bat, like for, for Geelong, like, as in you've consistently been that person to be like, everyone just needs to chill. It'll be fine. It will be totally fine. Mm. Like you've you've always kind of gone back to that thing of just like trusting this process, trusting Chris Scott, and now like Stephen Wells to Andrew Mackey. Like how validated do you feel as a Cats fan who never freaked out? Um, I'm a, it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing because I don't know that validation. Although I would jokingly say validation is what I feel, I don't really feel any kind of validation because partly I didn't do anything. Like it's not, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't do any of it. I didn't do any work here. Um, but also I didn't hold those. You know, I didn't uh, as with all three of us, I didn't say those things and hold those opinions to convince other people. It was just yeah. the opinion I had. So if I gave a shit about the people that didn't feel that way, then I would feel validated because some of them <laughs> would be changing their minds. Um, but it's, it's really, it's more just a, a very content. It's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's just very happy. Like this just feels like, as I said, even, you know, the, these players nominating Geelong, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a coup or anything. It doesn't feel like we've swept in and cheated the game. This just feels appropriate. It feels mm. like the journey Geelong have always been on and, everyone else is just kind of catching up to it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess there is elements of val validation there, but it's, it's more I insulated than that. It's more, it's more interior. It's more about me just being happy really. Mm. Um, and, and getting super excited already, you know, as much as we yeah. talked about how like, you know, there are no, no planets left to conquer and that we're super content with that year. And that remains, I am starting to think about, <laughs> about the next one. So, Did we just find um, another galaxy? Yeah, get, Did we, we just a, burst into another yeah, universe? Yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we just found the, we found the multiverse. We may have just done that, but we can still feel content and happy because, as we said in our grand final recap, it was an end of a very special era, especially mm -hmm. now that Sal was retired. It definitely feels that's that done. And the next one is when whoever's next captain is. Hopefully, it's Tommy, Tommy Stewart, who has come out and said he is prepared to take on the captaincy if he is required, and he will take it with both hands. So that's good to see that he's prepared. But yeah, I think the next, whoever's the next captain is, I think that's when the next era of the Cats will feel new, feel different, and it'll be exciting. I'm, I'm just as excited as you, Sam. I'm look, really looking forward to next year now. It, it feels to me like there's there's a, a, another handover, you know, going on here as 
as some guys, you know, get to the back end of their career and, you know, begin to sort of go, I'm pretty satisfied with what I've achieved. You're now seeing this new wave of young players. I think the Max Holmes missing out on a medal this year thing is is really significant. And I think there's a lot of young mm. guys around the squad. Um, there's some guys in the middle age of their career sort of thing who who want more for themselves. But then mm. there's some young guys too who are going to really drive this. And I think guys like Bose, who might have felt like he's spent five years in the footballing wilderness up in the Gold Coast, you know... Um, Tanner Brune from the Giants, um, like getting guys like that to come down adds a different, a different type of hunger. Sometimes I think you know getting new new people in and having the people already there teach them the way. The way sort of just gets strengthened. The lesson gets strengthened for everyone, both the person who's teaching it and the person who's getting the lesson. Like, um, and the thing I is- just so win win win. If the senior players aren't as driven as the young players, well, then the senior players are going to find themselves on the outside. Yeah. And then they're going to have to get just as driven as the young guys to get back in the team. So, yeah, it's absolutely a win-win. And I guess my last little thought on this um, is that, well, a couple of thoughts. One, for Cats fans, welcome to life as a New England Patriots supporter. The hatred is gonna. The hatred is gonna be real because we've found we. Uh, to me, this reeks of one or two clubs. And like I said, I'm looking at Geelong, and I'm looking at you know teams who are now trying to follow the blueprint. Have worked out that team building philosophy in the AFL has been stuck for a long time in like the 1970s and 80s. You know, with the way we think about list building and and players' ages and careers and what you can get out of them the value of draft picks, you know, I think Geelong is showing you do not need to pick highly in the draft if you can be clever with how you trade and how you use the assets. So um, get ready for the hate. It's going to be real. I'm personally prepared to play the villain. I have been since the grand final. That's I think, and and as much as that's what we are now. Time time for that, for that black sales gif up on Twitter. I think, yeah. Or like, exactly, all I feel yeah. like is Emperor Palpatine when he's talking to Vader and whatnot, and he goes, "Good, good." <laughs> Someone That's just posted through you um, <laughs> at, at uh, Trickster uh, on Twitter. Posted the unlimited power gif of Emperor Palpatine to us just before. So um that's what the cats were gonna doing this year. They're going, no, stop it, I'm too weak, I'm too weak. And then when every team let up <laughs> unlimited power. Uh, exactly, exactly. All right. I'm gonna let you boys get on with your evening. Um thanks so much too to the to the people who have signed up to the Patreon Patreon so far legends absolutely legendary and i hope more people jump on board because get this sweet bonus content um we're gonna have more that's right faces we've got more stuff coming up next few days obviously we're gonna have to crank out an aflw week seven um preview pod patrons obviously you'll get the audio show like everyone else but you'll also get the video show 
Um, we're going to do a grand final Afterglow episode. We're going to go back and re-watch the grand final, hopefully together, and then podcast about it. Just our thoughts coming out of a second viewing. And that may be early access for Patreon. That might be bonus content. We'll see. We'll see how we feel. I had an idea, chaps. Don't know what you think about this. I wondered whether we should do like a, a Chaps Chat Cats director's commentary of the grand final. Something that I was just going to suggest the same thing. They can hit play on that at the same time as they hit play on the grand final replay and get our thoughts as we go. That's a potential. Hit us up if that you think that's fun. Awesome. Um, make sure you go and subscribe. Oh, that, that's the other thing, actually. You guys know you're on the Patreon. Patreon people know that they have to subscribe. There's keen interest for a bakery foods ranking episode. Lots of feedback right. on Twitter for that. Ooh. Until Sounds next like we time. need to go for a um, trip to Go Cats. Go Cats. Go cats.